Yeah, it's it's funny, um, and you'll laugh if you hear this, but I'm not a person who likes change. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm laughing. <laughs> I know. I know. It's funny. Power to live more with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy, and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter. And today Joe is interviewing Andrew Jordan of Learn Discover B3. Joe and Andrew are met via a private Facebook group set up by the lovely Judith Morgan where they share their gratitude and lovely thoughts each day. Joe is intrigued to hear about Andrew's digital nomadic lifestyle and here we are. Andrea is a business strategist who helps ideas people get more done with less stress by organising and systemizing their business. She's on a mission to make doing business simple so her clients can concentrate on doing work that they love. She's also a photographer with a serious case of wanderlust as she's travelled to over 50 countries and to all seven continents. A former corporate lawyer, she swapped her suits and high heels for the barefoot life of a digital nomad, working from her laptop with clients all over the globe. Back to the studio! Today I'm talking to Andrea Jordan of Learn, Discover, Be Free. So welcome, Andrea. Thanks for joining me. It's great to be here. It's uh, it's great to be talking to somebody who I sort of know, and I sort of know, I sort of like to feel fairly intimately because we have lots of really interesting conversations through a private Facebook group that we're part of, but I actually don't know you very well at all, so I'm really looking forward to this interview. I know Facebook can be funny like that. Yeah, it is, isn't it? So, so tell us a bit first about who you are and and what you do and where you do it. Okay, so uh, my name is Andrea Jordan. I'm from New Zealand, and I am sitting in New Zealand right now. Um, I am business strategist who works with uh, in a wide variety of clients, all of whom are online, and I come back from. Uh, I come from a background of a corporate lawyer. I was a corporate lawyer for about 17 odd years and then decided I wanted to change and so started up my business strategy work. Lovely. And so the question of where you do it from, because it's not always New Zealand, is it? <laughs> no, no I'm, I am what is, is called a digital nomad uh, these days. I'm back in New Zealand now, but I've spent the last two years in Latin America um, living and working from a variety of countries, from Argentina to Mexico to Guatemala and many places in between. I'm so sort of probably equally envious and equally completely scared about the concept of ever doing anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit of a digital nomad but that's sort of around the UK and into sort of France and Spain and that's about as far as I'll go <laughs> it's it's amazing it's it's kind of easier and harder than you think like being somewhere like uh, Mexico uh, you really and some of the bigger cities don't even need to be speaking that much English and the internet is better sometimes than it is in New Zealand mm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good experience. Yeah, well, we had a little chat on uh, in the group that, that we're both in that, uh, with Judith Morgan. It's her, her group, isn't it? And uh, today, because I was talking about how in the summer sometimes I go camping in Scotland and she was like, yeah, good luck with that. You know, there's no internet. And I was like, no, 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 there is. I literally, I, I camp in a field, a sand dune away from the sea, uh, you know, the beach and the sea, and um, we're in the middle of nowhere. And I've had the internet for years using my mobile internet uh, service to the point where you know I've done webinars in the middle of the field in my caravan <laughs> I've had people popping by to ask if they can use my internet because they need to do whatever and there's you know no other way and I, I just think I was really lucky that where I was happened to have a really good mobile mast but um, yeah I, I blew her preconceived ideas about uh, the the internet connection in uh, 
Scotland out of the window. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is amazing where it can be good and where it can be really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell us a bit more about why you do what you do, because that's quite a big change from corporate lawyer to digital nomad and, and actually business, even business strategist, um, you know, regardless of where you're doing that from. Why do you do that and, and how, how did you get to where you are? Yeah, it, it is a big change and sometimes I, I do have to stop and have a laugh at myself at how my life has changed because <laughs> um, I worked in New Zealand for a little bit, then moved over to London and lived there for eight years while working as a corporate lawyer. So I was doing mergers and acquisitions, stock market listings, you know, the high stress, late night kind of work. And one day I, I just looked at one of the partners and thought, do, do I want to be him? you know, in 10 years time? Do I want to be doing this in 20 years time? And I actually felt queasy at the thought. So I thought, right, well, there's a, there's a clear sign. <laughs> so in the midst of figuring out what I wanted to do, I retrained as a coach, uh, as a life coach at that stage, because I felt like I needed some of the more softer skills. You don't really get taught those as a lawyer. It is very technical. Um, and from there, I started doing a little bit of coaching and really liked that. And I moved into contracting work. So instead of working for law firms, I was working um, back in New Zealand for government, working on a variety of different projects and just slowly moving myself out of that lifestyle. <clears throat> and I didn't switch and suddenly day one be a business strategist. And it took a while of just working through what I liked doing what I was good at. And when I quit my last contract, I actually headed to Southeast Asia and went and volunteered in a dog shelter, of all things, uh, in Thailand. Uh, I've always loved animals and that was an amazing experience, you know, 200 dogs to, to care for. And, you know, I've been doing little adventures like that along the way as I've been figuring out what I what I like to do and it's just eventually landed me here because I've always loved organizing I just happen to be very good at it I love dealing with systems and improving things and now I I apply that to my my clients businesses and help them get the the businessy side of their business all sorted so that they can be really concentrating on the core of what they do mm -hmm. Wow, that's as, as as I said, it just scares me, but also makes me think. Wow, the, you know, there's all this opportunity to 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 do that flexible that flexible thing. Although um, I wasn't expecting the uh, the the dog um, uh, sanctuary type place. <laughs> it wasn't sanctuary. <laughs> I know I've done that um, in five different countries now. Basically, when I travel, if I'm somewhere for a month or more, I'll look for an animal shelter to volunteer at. Yeah. Um, and I love photography and I guess I am a photographer as well. I've now sold a few of my prints. And one of the things I do for the shelters is take photos of their animals so that they can use on social media. And I love doing that because it, it really gets me to spend more time with the dogs and I observe them on a on a different level. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, you know, the sort of behavior they have with each other. And, you know, it's it's been really a fantastic way to experience different countries and to to enjoy animals. I grew up on a farm and I've always just loved, loved being around animals. Yeah, yeah. So interesting that the concept of, of power to live more is very much about, you know, arranging your life so that you can do more of the stuff that you want to do. And, and you just are such an exemplar of that. And uh, uh, it just shows, you know, how, you know, when you get clear about wanting to do something different and then let yourself sort of take that journey, how how that can can happen. I mean, I know, you, you know, you have ups and downs, as we all do, don't you, in, in the, the fact that you're... Um, moving from place to place and and I, I guess even coordinating you know house sits and things like that must be a bit of a nightmare because you know people you're the people that you go to help out don't have a plan do they <laughs> they don't talk to each other and arrange it so that it all fits nicely for you <laughs> no it, it is it is funny I 
when I was in Latin America, I, I used to laugh that it was, you know, a part-time job having to arrange all the travel because I was originally staying at each place for a month and I thought, wow, a month would be ages. But actually by the time you've sorted out where the grocery store is and is Wi-Fi working, you know, you're really looking for your next place to move to. Mm-hmm. Um, and with house sitting, sometimes, actually I find with house sitting, it seems to just work out somehow. So I'm house sitting right now. <clears throat> I'm in a beautiful house. I've got a gorgeous big lawn in front of me with lots of chickens running around on it. And in the distance, I can see the mountains and they're covered with snow. We're just heading into autumn down here in New Zealand. And I'm going to go see someone on the weekend for another house sit that starts four days after this one. So it's funny how when I do start house sitting, word just gets around and I don't have big gaps in between. So those four days I might take off and... Um, you know, create a little photography experience for myself, maybe go hiking in the mountains mm. for, for three four days. Yes, yeah, yeah, interesting. So how do you prioritise what you do in in terms of, you know, you obviously, as you say, sometimes finding the house sit or, or dealing with the settling in bit takes up some of your time. Obviously the photography is, is a key part of what you do, but that isn't what you're offering to your sort of um general clients that's the business strategy how how do you make that all fit together how do you prioritize that stuff so that it all all fits in okay so i've got a, a few things that i do uh the first thing i do is i use 90 day plans so i'll at the beginning of each quarter sit down and look at the different segments of what i'm doing and i'll have one for t- photography one for my business strategy work and then one for just general life. And then maybe with the business strategy, it might get two rows in my 90-day plan. And I will just work out what I want to achieve in that quarter and split that into monthly uh, topics. So say for my photography, I might decide for this month that I want to edit and upload to my online store all of my photos from my um, Argentina trip. And then in May, maybe I'll be looking at researching stock photography opportunities, for example. Mm -hmm. So that way I've got my general idea of where I'm heading. And then I take those things. So that's my big plan. I take those down into a weekly spreadsheet. So I like my spreadsheets. And so I'll have for each week what I'm actually going to do what that looks like so for editing my photos I'm, I'm not going to just sit there and do six hours of editing because it would drive me a little nuts so I'll break that down and it'll be week one I'll go through and choose the photos I want to edit week two I'll edit half of them week three I'll finish the editing and start to write stories to go with the photos and I also use my google calendar and I time block so it's full of pretty colors So I'll have, say, a yellow block of an hour and a half for photos, and I'll know that that's my time for photos. I'll look back at my weekly spreadsheet and be like, right, this is what I need to do this week, and so I know what I'm doing in each of those colour blocks. Mm -hmm. And I'll have other colour blocks. You know, there'll be marketing um, for my business strategy work or writing blog posts, Um, and then obviously my client calls get fitted into there as well. Um, so those are the the main things, the 90-day plan, the weekly spreadsheets, and then uh, using my Google Calendar. And I really, I do like pen and paper as well still, so I'll have um, little daily tasks as well so that I've broken it down further so I know every time I get up in the morning exactly what I need to be doing for that day. Mm-hmm. In between feeding the chickens, eh? <laughs> Yeah, the chickens are pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, they're free range on the whole property. But I go and feed them like chicken pellets in the morning. And as soon as they hear my feet on the pebbles, they're sprinting over. You know, it's like we're starving. And it's like, oh, you've actually got this entire garden to find food. But you feel very wanted in the morning. We have a house rabbit who has hay, which is what he's supposed to eat most of the time. And we give him, you know, a fresh bunch of cabbage or whatever every day as well. But what he really, really loves is, as you say, the pellets and, and another paraphernalia that's in that particular food mix. And it's, it's it must be like sweets to him because he will drop everything else. 
just to eat that and you know dash across the room to to get to that so i guess the chickens are much the same it's probably a lot easier for them isn't it they don't have to peck so much and uh, and and forage or whatever the technical term is for a chicken finding food yeah. out in the field <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just eat more than they have to go hunting for all those little worms. I just turn up and, yeah, and give them food straight away. <laughs> so how do you then um, make sure you get stuff done? You, you've obviously got your, as you say, your spreadsheets and everything else, and then you use the pen and paper. Is it literally just that you've got a list of stuff, you tick it off and, it, and it's done? Uh, you, do you use any other technology, any apps or tools to, to, to get that stuff done? I'm actually pretty light on apps. Um, I like to run things in a very simplified way and apps can be great, um, but I think they can also be distracting in some ways. Yeah. Um, it really depends on what you're using. I think the thing that I probably use most is the Pomodoro technique, which yeah. while not an app, there are apps now that you know, you'll know you have a timer. And I'll use um, that when Basically, when I'm finding it hard to focus or I've got a big job and I want to make sure that I don't end up just sitting at my laptop for three hours doing the big job, that I actually have breaks in between. Mm. Um, and so the Pomodoro technique, if your listeners haven't used it before, it's really simple. It's simply a timer and you set it for 25 minutes and you focus solely on the one task. You turn off all other notifications and everything and just the one task. Then you have a five-minute break and then you'll repeat that process probably three times and then you'll have a longer break. And what I find it's really good for is you're very focused. You know there's a timer going, so you, you're trying to get your task done within that time frame. And then in that five-minute break, I always get up and walk away from my laptop. So it's, it's just good for my body that I'm up and moving and it just gives my brain a little bit of a break to then launch into the next 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something I, I used to use it a lot. I use it less now, but I, I did use it earlier this week because I felt a bit of overwhelm in terms of sort of um, those sorts of activities that weren't really high value but needed to get done. So I thought, oh, I'll just do it for 25 minutes and then that's, you know, a time bound, you know, arrangement. And then when I've finished, I'll just go off and do something that's more, you know, more productive, more useful sort of thing. Um, and and that that's, as you say, you can use it for for um you know the, the big things and and breaking that down and making sure you you have those breaks but also it can be a good way of sort of uh corralling all the the sort of rubbish <laughs> that you don't really want to do or it doesn't really add much value but does need to get done into you know that time and i suppose it probably probably comes from that um we always say don't we if we're about to go on holiday we get tons done in the last day because you haven't got any choice and you've got a, a hard stop where you've got to get it all done by whereas the rest of the time you just let it all waft along don't you because you know that you can always do it tomorrow yeah and I, I think also for some tasks like um, maybe if I'm writing a blog post I know I could probably write it in you know one and a half kind of pomodoros really mm. but if I don't have that on you know oh I could happily sit there for two two and a half hours writing it and it's like well you didn't actually need to spend that amount of time so it can be good to yeah, make you more focused in a shorter period of time because I'm someone who really values my free time after work. Yeah. Even if it is actually picking up my camera, which for some people might feel like work, and, and going out hiking with it. Mm. I really want to make sure I'm still doing all of that. And it can be really easy when you've got a business to be just in front of your laptop all day, part of the night, on weekends. So I'm very... Um, protective of my my non-business time yes that's interesting because i i would guess as a, a digital nomad where you're in places where you don't know people to begin with at least that actually it can be quite tempting to just sit at your laptop and sort of in, indulge yourself in the wider world and people that you do know sort of thing is that part of why you corral it so that you can get out and and experience where you are because I guess, I guess one of the things, I mean, for me, I said to you, I don't do much, um, uh, you know, I, traveling, complicated travel or whatever you might call it, um, as much as anything else, because I really like reading and, you know, doing my work and whatever. So I actually don't go out and do lots of sightseeing anyway. So it doesn't really matter which country I'm in. <laughs> apart from the yeah, food and drink, yeah. I'm probably not going to experience lots of it. 
I, um, I think it's actually something, a bit of a hangover from my corporate law days, because when you start working in that kind of field, you don't really own your time anymore. You know, there was many an occasion where at five o'clock a partner would come to me and say, we've had this urgent job come in, can you do it now? So basically any plans you had for that evening were out the door because if it takes you to midnight or three in the morning, you, you need to sit there and get that job done. Mm. Um, so that's why I try and have that distinct break. But you're right. I mean, the way I do keep in touch with friends as I'm traveling, can, you know, is pretty much online. So what I like to do if I can is, is have a break in between finishing my businessy stuff and then having personal use on Facebook. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you leave the Facebook tab open all day <laughs> and you're chatting to friends and you're trying to do work yeah. and, you know, it becomes a bit muddled and you're definitely not as productive. No, no. I've been looking at doing some house-sitting in France because I've wanted to brush up my French skills for, for my whole life, basically. Um, and I keep sort of thinking to myself, yeah, but I've got to pick the right place because I can't just go somewhere where I'm going to be in some remote farmhouse never talking to anybody <laughs> because I'll just be speaking English online the whole time. I won't be talking to any French people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need someone near even just a little village so you can practice asking yeah. for your baguettes and your fromage. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So are there any other tools or apps that you use? I mean, as a digital nomad, you must use other things. You use Facebook, obviously, but <laughs> um, you can't um, be carrying all your filing cabinets and things around with you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very light on, yeah, I'm very light on apps. It's kind of funny. I mean, I do use apps within my business, say, for um, scheduling my photos onto Instagram because they're all on my laptop. So I use Hootsuite yeah. to do that. Mm -hmm. um, Facebook, my posts, I have two pages. I have one for my business strategy work, one for my photography. And I schedule um, posts within Facebook itself. Um, I'm, I have a Twitter account, but I'm not really on there that much. My, I use an app called If That Then This, mm -hmm. which basically takes my um, Instagram photos and puts them onto Twitter for me as an image rather than um, as a link. Yeah. So there, I use things like like that. I'm trying to think what else. Um, it's funny because every Tuesday I actually put a note on Facebook about the tools that I use and now I'm struggling to think of what they all are. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I probably only have about, you know, 10 in total sort of mm. apps and tools that I use. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, it's interesting, as we said, you know, given you are moving around all the time and technology is, is your sort of route to, to your marketplace that, that, that you do that. I think, um, you know, th there's a tendency to use everything nowadays isn't it? it's funny my daughter was looking at um my phone the other day and she was like how many apps have you got on there and I was like well I don't use most of them and every time I go through to delete them I sort of go oh I've forgotten I've got that oh that looks really good so then I don't end up deleting it and because I've got enough memory it doesn't matter <laughs> but, uh, it, you know it would be it made more sense to actually just use them or delete them <laughs> Yeah, I guess I have when I'm I have a couple of apps that I use for travel. Like I have Uber, I have Google Translate for when my Spanish fails yeah. me when I'm traveling. <laughs> yeah. And Google Maps I find fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I find particularly good because what I do is I download the map of where I'm going to next while I've got internet and then I can access that map uh, when I'm not online. There are a couple of limitations, but if I'm walking around and I get lost, um, the GPS can find me and, and show me how to get back to my, you know, apartment. Yeah. Um, so I use apps like that. But, you know, I see sometimes people putting up, you know, blog posts of a, a hundred of the must-have apps to use <laughs> in your business. And I just think you would spend all of your time learning how to use the apps, whereas I'd much rather stay very lean, very simple in, yeah. in what I do. And I'll, I'll add new apps in when, you know, if I find something that's really good. But it's yeah. it's really got to prove itself if I'm going to be spending my time on it. Yeah, 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 exactly. So what about um, getting other people to help you? Do, do you have anybody that you outsource stuff to that, that helps you do anything? 
No, not at the moment. Mm -hmm. That would be something that I'd, I'd move to in the future. Um, but at the moment, um, I'm I'm fine with doing yeah everything myself. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned before we came on on air that uh, you've you've had obviously people to delegate stuff to in, in the past in your in your legal career. Um, so any any tips and, and thoughts for people in terms of how you do that effectively? Yeah, oh, yes, I used to have, um, I'm not sure if they still get called this, but secretaries who were just lifesavers um, mm -hmm. for, you know, helping me arrange my diary and, and doing my typing for me um, and, and junior legal staff. I would say a, a couple of tips is that if you're an online person like me and you're thinking that you're going to get a virtual assistant, make sure your systems are set up before you get that person in place. Make sure you've got... You know, in the corporate world, they call them standing operating um, procedures, but just a checklist so that when you get that person on board, you can be saying to them, this is how we do business. This is how I do business. This, uh, these, these are all my branding colors, my branding fonts. Here is how I format my blog posts step by step by step. If you've got that sort of stuff set up before you bring on a VA, it'll make your life so much easier and her or his life so much easier because they'll come into a very well-organized business. Mm. If you have a bit of a mess with your business files and you bring a VA on, expecting them to miraculously tidy it up, that won't necessarily be their strength. Yeah. Um, so and you can actually find that the arrangement doesn't work because because the VA just can't get the right kind of information easily from you. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that I got taught when I first got started was when you give instructions to someone, get them to repeat the instructions back to you. And this is much easier when you're face-to-face, -face, but you could e equally do this on a Skype call, because that will show you very, very quickly if the person has actually understood the instructions that you're giving them, and you can pick up any errors right then and there, rather than them going off, doing a job, coming back, and then you having to say, actually, you've just wasted two hours of your time because it wasn't quite what I meant. I had that very discussion this morning, actually. A, a, a friend of mine, um, we worked together on a project where we have um, some Chinese people working on the project, and I think culturally their mm. tendency is to say yes to everything. So when you say, yeah. have you, do you understand what I mean, they'll say yes. And actually we've you know had an experience where that clearly wasn't understood um and he was saying exactly that this morning that actually we don't need we shouldn't be saying do you understand we should be saying do you understand and tell me what i've asked you to do because that is the as you say the litmus test isn't it as to whether people actually yeah. have got it as opposed to whether they're trying to be you know encouraging and and supportive and and you know keen to help you by just saying yes when actually really they're a bit confused um so yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. really good yeah yeah, and I th especially when someone is doesn't speak the same, uh, doesn't have the same first language yeah. as you. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's, there's the culture aspect, and then there's just have they actually understood what I'm saying? Did I accidentally use some sort of colloquialism mm -hmm. that they're not familiar with, and they're thinking, "Oh, I'll figure that out later." Mm -hmm. Whereas if you if you if you question them straight away then there's a chance for you to pick up that perhaps you hadn't explained things in a way that they could understand. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Lovely. Thank you. So let's move on to self-care. Let's talk about how you keep healthy. And I'm particularly interested in the fact that you're you're changing time zones, you're changing location. Like you said, you have to find the grocery store when you're somewhere as a, even a starting point. Um, I don't know, there's the whole jet lag thing. Uh, you know, I know when I'm on holiday, I sleep better and feel more relaxed and that's a good thing. And so when I travel for work, I can sometimes emulate that. So that can be helpful, too. But I guess sometimes it can be stressful because you don't know the area, all that sort of stuff. How how do you keep healthy, given that your your environment is changing all the time? Yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, and you'll laugh if you hear this, but I'm not a person who likes change. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, it's funny. I like variety, but I don't necessarily like change that's uh, forced on me as such, <laughs> but I, I seek out variety. So although I need to find the new grocery store and what have you where I'm living, 
I enjoy that. I see that as a little adventure. Mm -hmm. So those parts for me aren't stressful. But what I do do is I have a morning um, routine that I do, um, which is basically stretching and, and strengthening. And I can do that anywhere. I've done that in airports, <laughs> anywhere that I've got a, you know, a piece of floor that's about the size of a yoga mat. I can have that routine and that routine is great because regardless of where I am, it is a very um, steady part of my life. I've been doing that for a number of years now. Um, I used to dance. I was in a, a salsa performance team and we had some great instructors and we got given a series of exercises, you know, to get us all down into splits and things like that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So basically I've just taken, you know, the class that we used to do and taken pieces out of that and that's what forms my routine. Mm -hmm. So on, say, Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings, I'll do my core work and my arms and stretches and then Tuesday, Thursday, I'll do my leg work and then on the weekend, I'll probably do everything combined on a Saturday and then Sunday I'll have the, the day off doing the, the exercises. Yeah. So that means wherever I am, whether I'm in a hotel for a couple of nights or whether I've got a house sit for a month, I've always got that routine mm -hmm. and then I can add to it, you know, I can go out walking, I can, you know, find a dance class. If there's a swimming pool nearby, then I can add that in. Yeah. So that's that's one of the the main things for me um, because you can get very unhealthy very quickly when you travel a lot and you're switching around yeah um, and then yeah I really like my sleep I'm an eight nine hours kind of gal me so too. that's that's always <laughs> very important for me and usually I can sleep really anywhere I'll sleep on planes airport floors um, <laughs> The only time I have trouble sleeping is if I get stressed about something, you know, mm. is if I've had a house sit cancel at the last minute and I'm wondering where on earth I'm going to live next week. You know, that, that kind of thing will, uh, will affect my sleep. <laughs> See, well, that would be stressful other than the fact that if you can sleep anywhere, that park bench might look quite comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I sometimes joke about, you know, sleeping in my car or, or <laughs> what have you, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I am vegetarian, who occasionally eats fish, so um, right. I, I'm always seeking out, you know, lots of fruit and veggies, so that's something that, you know, that helps to, to keep me healthy. Mm. I don't like to eat much processed food. Um, I think I've really gone back to how I used to eat on the farm, and we used to have a massive veggie garden. We had meat when I used to eat it off the farm. We'd always have home baking. You knew exactly what went into the cookies that you might have when friends came round. Um, I think we used to joke that our mum didn't realise you could buy biscuits from the supermarket because I don't think she ever started buying them until maybe I was 17 or so. You know, yeah. it just wasn't kind of the thing to do. So, I'm yeah, I'm very conscious of what I'm putting into my body as well. Mm, mm. It's interesting. Um, I, I'm... I'm I'm not vegetarian, but I, I love my salads and my vegetables and stuff. And we were in the south of France uh, last week and um, we were staying on a Euro campsite. And I just imagined, you know, south of France, lovely, you know, fresh meat and, you know, lovely salads and vegetables and everything else. In fact, we were talking to a friend recently and they used to spend a lot of time in the south of France when they were young. And they said, oh, we just used to eat peaches and melons. And, and I was like, yeah, we used to do that too when we were in France. So we get that. And there, there is no fresh fruit or vegetables on the campsite. They have a really well-stocked shop, but nothing <laughs> that constitutes, apart from there was a bag of salad. So we could have a bag of salad. Um, and it was really odd. And I think it was just because it was out of season for them. You know, it was just Easter as opposed to you know, into June or July or whatever. But, um, oh, you know, we had to go and find a, a, a supermarket outside of the, the campsite purely to get some vegetables and some salad because we just, you know, wouldn't have been able to cope otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I have had some funny experiences as I travel. Like Argentina and Uruguay are very meat heavy. Yes. Um, the, mm. I did a tour a little in Uruguay and the guy said, Basically, our idea is to eat as many cattle as we can over our lifetime. 
and you know I'll, I'll go into like these kind of food courts that they have yeah and basically what they are is just barbecue after barbecue after barbecue yeah. Yeah. which for someone who eats meat is fantastic but for me there's um i'm like oh, do you have any carrot sticks yeah. <laughs> so yeah. i would get used to you know just making sure i had some food with me you know i'd have some nuts with me or i'd i'd have, buy bananas from a supermarket and always carry those around so I wouldn't get stuck if I couldn't find anything. Mm -hmm. And I do remember spending a few days in this little town and going into the supermarket and their veggie section was tiny and the vegetables, they must have real trouble growing them in that area because they were just really bad quality. Yeah. But the beer section was about three times as big. <laughs> as the vegetable <laughs> section so i got a pretty clear indication as to the lifestyle that went on in that particular town <laughs> oh, lovely so what about um relaxation what 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 do you, do you do stuff specifically or is it about the fact that you're traveling and you're in different places and you've got your chickens to to watch <laughs> <laughs> um i love to read um if you give me a good book don't expect to like talk to me for a few hours <laughs> so reading is, is something i love to do and i am old-fashioned i actually like a book i like a book that i can take to a park um i have my laptop and i have a couple of books on there that it takes me like a year to read because i just don't like reading on a laptop and mm -hmm. um, though i can get a kindle it's it's just another thing to be carrying around mm -hmm. so i i've actually never run out of books as i've traveled because I'll just randomly find them in a cafe or in a house that where I'm staying or sometimes if I've got a book of my own, I'll go to a youth hostel and just see if I can swap them for, you know, something they've got in their library. So, yeah, I love, I love to read. I love to get out in nature. So after we finish on this call, I'm heading out for a hike today because it's meant to rain on the weekend and today is meant to be gorgeous. So, you know, that for me just grabbing my camera, going out for a hike, that that's for me is very relaxing. And doing my, my stretches that I do in the morning, that's actually relaxing as well. I think because it's familiar and, you know, lying down, <laughs> they're, um, they're nice, nice things to do as well. It's funny you should say that. I was chairing a conference this week um, and uh, the last speaker was talking about well-being in the workplace and uh, he was talking about, the NHS in the UK and how they'd implemented various initiatives in in some of the trusts for you know improving their well-being and he said something about yoga and he was talking a bit about that and then he said something about and I can't remember what he called it but it was something something yoga and he said oh just to let you know that isn't actually doing anything he said you just lie down and you just breathe in a certain way he said so that's all it is <laughs> He said you have someone talking you through it and you just lie still and breathe a lot. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, yeah, I could do that. I'd never really fancied yoga, but actually <laughs> just lying down and breathing, I think I could do that. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, I practiced yoga for a good 20 years or so. That's sort of part of what I do in my morning routine. Uh, and it's all about the breathing because you're – you're not rushing through like a series of poses. You're flowing through it in accordance with your breath. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing when you actually take a moment to concentrate on your breath and you realize you've, you've not quite been holding your breath, but you haven't been just taking a deep breath. Yeah. So sitting at your laptop sometimes and just taking five deep, non-hurried breaths can really just relax your body if yeah. you try that you know um i wish i'd known to do that more when i was a, I was a lawyer really because i used to get very stressed yeah and little things like that that you can just do on the spot at your desk you don't even have to lie down <laughs> <laughs> although that's good too <laughs> although that's just a lovely thing and someone can just get at you and all you do is breathe and don't think about anything you know that's that's just lovely. I have been to a few um, yoga classes that were completely in Spanish and I had no clue what they were saying. I'd recognize a couple of words. So I'd just be looking around and be like, oh, so that's what we're, yeah, I know what that is. Oh, that's how you say it in Spanish. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's lovely. <laughs> so you talked about being a, a big reader. Um, what about learning and improving yourself? I guess 
some of that is through reading. Um, some of it, I guess, is through travel. I mean, that, that presumably gives you some, some education as, as you travel around the world. I love that, learning and improving myself. But I'm perfect already, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from that, obviously. Apart from that, <laughs> so much to improve. Uh, let's see. On the, let's say, on the say, photography side, um, part of that is just getting out with my camera and trying new things and coming back and looking at my photos going, well, we didn't focus very well today, did we? <laughs> um, I learn in a variety of ways. Let's see, Creative Live is really good. They have some fantastic courses, not just on photography, but on a whole range of things. Mm -hmm. So I always keep an eye out for what they're doing. Like for the next 20 days, I think they're doing um, a course on Lightroom, which is what I use to edit my photos. So I'll listen to them each evening when the when the replay comes up. And um, there's another thing called lynda.com. And again, that has a variety of things you can learn. And I, again, use that if I want to learn a particular thing for my photography. So there's there's so many places to, to learn there. And then just running your own business is a whole self-improvement exercise. You learn very quickly where your weaknesses are yeah. and where your strengths are. Um, so, yeah, that, that is just such an exercise every day with you know within itself learning how you deal with the fact that you haven't had any clients this week so how are you going to keep you know being persistent and getting out there and marketing when your confidence has slipped a little bit yeah uh, definitely yeah having your own business is a is a great self-improvement exercise mm. i don't think we can move past this section as well without um giving a little shout out again to judith morgan um on the basis that um apart from the fact that we're in various groups with her and uh, I, i'm sure you listen to her podcast with nicola uh cancross at the same as i do but um we both participated in her blog fest as well didn't we so um uh judith wrote a, a book called uh your biz, your way, I think, wasn't it? I can't, I can't yeah. remember because it's my biz, my way, no. Her biz, her way. <laughs> Something like that anyway. And um, she answered 52 questions through the book that a lot of us come up with. And I, I don't, uh, my joke when I did the, the blog fest, which was where we wrote a post on our own websites about how we run our business our way. Um, and then Judith has re blogged it and, and she's recording it on her podcast as well and, and so on um, and the, the joke with me was that I, I put I proofread her book and so I said to her well I'll do you a review but I want to read the book again properly without looking for typos in fact I don't want to find any now <laughs> having yeah. proofread it for you um, and so I said I'll read it again and I did this in February at half term um, and then I'll write the review then so I got to chapter uh, not chapter question five and it was the bit about one woman, one website. And I didn't have just one oh, yeah. website at the time. So I suddenly had this epiphany <laughs> that I needed one website. And I managed to work out, even though I'd known all along that's what I needed to do. I finally worked out how to do it. So I spent the next two weeks redoing my whole website. So not only did I not have time to write my blog, I also couldn't post it anywhere because I didn't actually have a website <laughs> that was oh, available. No. So I eventually got my blog in uh, sort of on time, but not about three weeks late, but uh, before her final deadline. Um, and I, I still haven't got as far as reading the rest of the book. So I must do it because I must do the review because it is such a good book and, and speaks to so many of the, the challenges and issues and angsts, I think, that we have as business owners, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I'm the same. It's one of the books that I've got on my laptop and, and I'm not good at reading things on my laptop when I've spent all day, you know, working with clients or writing blog posts. So it takes me forever to read something there. But yeah, it's on, on my list as well. Um, yeah. And from what I've read so far, it's it's great. It's her, her brand of very honest advice. Yeah. So it's, it's a good thing even to be able to dip in and out of and see if the yeah. question that I've got today, whether she's already answered in her book. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you've talked about um, your morning routine, so your exercise stretching routine. Do you have any other sort of habits or, or rituals or, or things that you do particularly? I, I, it sort of strikes me that that being a a, a, tra a traveller, a digital nomad, that actually 
sometimes you need those rituals that you can do wherever you are I think you've already said that with your exercising to sort of ground you even though you might be in a different place each time yeah I think the morning routine really is the only ritual I have as such uh, I love to get outside so that is is always something that comes into my day whether it's like in this little the house sit here to go and collect the mail as a 20-minute return trip oh, really? oh, yeah <laughs> I have to walk up this long driveway to the main road and they have like a little series of mailboxes there so you know so I go up there every day so I think in each place that I am I kind of generate a new ritual so that's my ritual for lunchtime is that to have a break in my day I walk up there and come back and you know and then you you, you know you joke about the chickens in the morning but, you know but that's another little ritual so I get up do my exercises feed the animals feed myself and that just becomes my new routine for that particular place and that might change in the next place because if I get my next house that it's got a dog so you know my morning routine might change a bit it might be a walk in the morning after I feed the chickens and their one cat and what have you mm. so it does it does move around a little bit yeah I guess that the animal uh challenge work whatever in each place probably starts to create a routine automatically doesn't it you, you have to do certain things at at certain times with them yeah definitely I mean my stretch routine just everyone has to wait for that <laughs> that's the first thing that gets done because yeah. if I sort of say oh I'll do it after that or I'll do it in the afternoon it doesn't happen yeah so you know I always make sure and sometimes if you know if the cats decide they really need feeding okay I'll quickly feed them because it's just a couple of minutes but yeah I don't do anything big until I've done that that no. routine no no so what about on those days when things don't go right how do you deal with them? <laughs> <laughs> it oh, silly. I'm sure you don't have any of them, but if if one was to happen. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I have many of those. I'm very honest about uh, about that when I write. You know, last year I had to wipe my laptop clean twice, no. uh, as an example. So, you know, there are some tears of frustration as I'm trying to like work out why my laptop isn't working and occasionally you know stamping of the feet <laughs> all done in the privacy of my own hotel room or wherever I am <laughs> um, but yeah sometimes honestly just a good cry to let go of the stress and then I find stepping away from whatever the problem is if it's my laptop you know in, in those occasions just get the hell out of the house and go for a walk go for a walk um, go and have a coffee obviously I can't call a friend because my laptop's not working <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, yeah and just get away from it and then I'm lucky that you know like the group where and I have various Facebook groups that I can come in and if I'm having a bad day just say this is going on I'm trying to find a positive spin on it I'm trying to find a way to fix it and I'm having trouble with it can you guys just help me out and give me a bit of a boost yeah and I'm just very lucky that I'm within groups like that that will give me that boost not give me pity not really sympathy but will actually just help me figure it out um, and so that that cuts down on a lot of the, the frustration knowing that I've got people that I can reach out to when yeah. my laptop is working yeah, yeah. <laughs> that um, that you know that will just help pick me up and dust me off on on those days that um that things do go badly and they do go badly because you know business isn't smooth um the first place I landed was in Mexico I hired a bike the second day I was there it got stolen oh no yeah <laughs> you know and you're kind of thinking this is just the start of my travels what on earth am I doing <laughs> so you know there there are always going to be um bumps along the way and I think each of us just needs to find ways to, to smooth out our own bumps or to make the bumps just less uh, impactful yeah. so that, yeah, they might be a little bump on a Tuesday, but they don't hang around all week. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what about those days when you've ended the day knowing that you've had that chance to live more, you've done the things that you wanted to do rather than the things that you felt you should do or you had to do? What, what does that day look like? Ah, oh, well, interesting. It probably wouldn't be in front of a laptop at all. Um, I think I would love it if 
I got up and done my morning routine. Um, I'd had animals to spend some time with, and then I'd gone to meet people in, you know, in real life, perhaps gone and done a coaching session with someone at a local cafe, uh, and then even gone for a hike with them. We can talk business while we're admiring the mountains. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, just getting away from from being online all the time and actually connecting with people face to face and then potentially, you know, going out with friends and, and having a laugh, mm -hmm. just all those nice normal things that aren't tied up inside of a, a Facebook group or being on Twitter or being on Instagram. I think those for me are becoming more important, the offline activities, the more yeah. time I spend online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that contrast can, I think the contrast helps both become more valuable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I've had friends who have come off Facebook for various reasons and, you know, it is an intriguing idea that I think, well, if I didn't have my business, uh, would I be on Facebook? And, you know, I do like it, but it, it also can take up a lot of your time. And, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. And it'll be interesting to see how, you know, technology develops for us and mm. how we decide to use it. Mm. You know, everyone jumps on something like Facebook and then thinks, actually, is this, is this the right place for me? Should yeah. I be on here just with my friends? Are? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I agree. Lovely. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. It's been really interesting catching up. Like I said before we came online, it's like, you know, we we know each other through the group that we're in. So we, you know, hear lots of stuff about each other's lives. But actually, as you've just said, I, I know we're not face to face, but, you know, having that real opportunity to, to connect live in the moment is, is just so valuable. So thank you for joining me. And um, tell us how people can find out more about you and connect with you. Uh, let's see. They can come to my website, which is learndiscoverbefree.com. They can find me on Facebook um, at Andrea Jordan Business Strategist or at Andrea Jordan Photography. Uh, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Instagram as Traveling Jordan. Mm -hmm. And basically I post there photos from my travels and, and stories of house sits and things. Lovely. Thank you for joining me. My pleasure. All this information is available in the show notes on the website. If you go to the link powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 59, then you can find the show notes for my interview with Andrew Jordan. And if you'd like to find out how I can help you to look at your own productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience, your power to enable you to live more, i.e. to do more of the things that you want to do, then if you go to my website, which is engagementandwellbeing.com, at the top you'll see a link to that says work with me. If you click on there, you can find out about what I do, how I can help you and you can actually book in to have a 30 minute free call with me where we can have a chat about some of the issues that you might have around overwhelm and the sorts of things that you want some help with and then I can help you with at the, at the time some tips and some strategies to go away with but also we can talk about how we might be able to work together moving forward so please do hop over to the website engagementandwellbeing.com and then click on work with me and again, if you want to get the show notes for this show, if you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash 59, you can get those there. And we look forward to speaking to you next time. Use your power to live more.